Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so, man, there's a lot going on. Are Austin bar owners, along with the Texas Restaurant Association, are they really serious about security on 6th Street in Austin, Texas? We got to discuss that today because, um... Man, there's people are, are not understanding us when we say we're, when we're talking about the TABC and how bars because of COVID-19 actually switched to restaurants. So we need to discuss that. And also we have on Skype, we have Dave, Dave Matheny from the Salisher Shop. He's the, the CEO of Salisher Shop, and he's going to be here to talk to us about suppressors. And we're going to talk about the history of how do we get to where we are today as far as fire, uh, firearm silencers. We're also going to talk about uh, the suppressor bill that the state of Texas actually passed. Going to going to discuss that. Uh, but you know what? What is going on with downtown Austin? So the Austin mass shooting on June 12th on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting was not a gun-free zone. And, you know, people always first come out and say, oh, man, this happened in a gun-free zone. It did not. It didn't happen inside of a bar. It actually happened on the street. But... There were a couple of shootings. There was a shooting that actually took place earlier this year that actually happened inside of a bar in Austin. And do you know that 90% of the bars in Austin, because of COVID-19, you can actually take a handgun inside with a license? And let me explain that to you. During COVID-19 in 2020, when your restaurants, when your restaurants, um, you know, were allowed to stay open, the bars were not. All bars had to close down uh, because of COVID-19. Well, if a bar wanted to open, what they had to do is they had to change their liquor license from a bar, 51%, to a restaurant. And by doing this, this, this changed their gun status and their knife status. Because once you change your liquor license to a restaurant, then a person with a license can take a handgun inside and you can take any size knife inside. As with a bar, 51%, no guns are allowed, and you cannot take a knife over five and one half inches inside because they're 51% establishment. So I encourage people to go to the TABC's website 
and just look up all those bars that are lined up on 6th Street and look at what their liquor license says. If it says gun sign blue, that means that with a license to carry handgun, you can take your gun inside. If it says gun sign red, that means they're 51% and you cannot take a gun inside. It's a felony currently right now. And you also cannot take a knife where the length of the blades over five one half inches. So I encourage you to go ahead and take a look at that. We'll discuss that a little later. We'll break that down for you because we need to talk about security. Got to talk about these owners of you know these different businesses because this is the party district of of Austin. You know this is where people come from around the world to have a great time. And we need to start talking about security and how we're going to make it better because guess what? There's a shooting almost every single week. Something different has got to happen. And someone's got to take the lead on that. And it's going to have to come from the owners because our city council, our leadership is lacking since they're removing funds from the police department. They can't police departments can't keep up. You know, we're looking at record number of vacancies from the Austin Police Department. You know, and we're going to talk about that as well. But let me get into the silencer shop. Let's talk about suppressors. Let's talk about silencers. I want to talk about that. Let's welcome to the show Dave Matheny. He's the Austin resident and CEO and founder of Salsion Shop and board member of the American Suppressor Association. Dave, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Hey, how are you? I'm doing outstanding, sir. All right, so, you know, Dave, tell us about yourself and how did you become the CEO and founder of Salsion Shop? Yeah, it was, it was kind of an accident. I had a, yeah, I grew up around guns. You know, we, uh, as a kid, I mean, I always thought I was a gun guy. As an adult, I actually kind of became one started training, started learning about them. Um, but when I, and I was a computer programmer, I was a computer programmer for about 20 years. Um, when I, when my son got old enough to start hunting and shooting with me, he was born hundred percent deaf in his right ear. So I went and got a suppressor just really thinking that it would be, you know, hearing safety for him. Oh. And the process really went pretty horribly. I did end up getting it, but it was barely. So I went and bought it from a more reputable, you know, dealer locally who had been in stock for a while or had been in business for a while and had a pretty similar experience where it was kind of a, just a bad experience all around. And my really what I decided to do was to start doing transfers for people in the local area. That, that was my whole goal. It wasn't really starting a big business because I liked my job, right? But a silencer shop was born from that and it it really exploded beyond what I ever would have imagined, honestly. Oh, absolutely, because you know, you you walk into the lobby of Silencer Shop and you're thinking, okay, this is kind of a small place, but Silencer Shop yeah. is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you guys are a a huge business. I mean, you're you're recognized around the country and 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 in, in other countries. That's right. Yeah, we uh, yeah, and you walk into the front of the store and it is it is misleading because you go behind the wall. I'm sure you've been back there where it's uh, we've got about 55 employees now and you know three high speed printers that run nonstop printing this paperwork. We'll do thousands of submissions a week. Oh wow! And so you know, so Dave, tell us you know what's the process of acquiring a silencer? We get that question a lot, you know, because we actually have one of your kiosks in our lobby at Central Texas Gunworks. And so, you know, what's what's the process? How do a person, you know, go about getting a suppressor or a silencer? Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, step one is really, you know, figure out what you want and buy it. You know, you can go into, you know, your shop, for example, just just talk to somebody, figure out what you want. Um, after that, you need to figure out how you want to register. 
And for almost everybody, we recommend using a single shot trust. I think that's the best way to register a silencer right now. But you know, some people will have family trusts and or want to register as an individual or a corporation. But once you've decided that, then you go through the kiosk, which takes five, 10 minutes. We'll do all the paperwork. We'll get it sent to the ATF. There is a $200 tax. There's nothing really overly complicated about it because we do all the paperwork. The one thing is the wait time is currently, you know, call it eight months. And it's uh, by the time you get to the end of that eight months, sometimes you feel like the process was hard. But a lot of a lot of the reason for that is just because of the wait. You're kind of looking back and you're feeling like you're a kid before Christmas, you know, for eight months. And that makes it feel hard. <laughs> All right, so we're talking with Dave. He's the Austin resident. He's also a CEO and founder of Salinger Shop and board member of the American Suppressor Association. We're going to talk about the shooting that happened in downtown Austin, which is a mass shooting of 14 people that were injured. Uh, we're going to talk about that and talk about security. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the shooting that happened in downtown Austin. I'm asking the Austin bar owners and also I'm asking the Texas Restaurant Association if you know, are they really going to take security serious on 6th Street? Because we're having shootings, you know, downtown Austin now almost every single weekend. So that means something different has got to change. You know, if if I know, you know, it, here I, I'm running a business and I've had, you know, two actually breaking attempts in the business. Uh, luckily, they were unsuccessful. You know, the last breaking attempt, you had a group of eight people and five vehicles try to break into the gun store. So they were unsuccessful. But to make sure that whoever came behind them was also unsuccessful, I decided to make some changes. You know, I decided to increase the security and more cameras and, you know, increase the uh, the entrance, the ceiling, the back, you know, everything and made a bunch of changes to the business uh, to make sure that, you know, we tighten up security even more, even though they were unsuccessful. So, you know, what 
different. You know, what are they going to do downtown Austin? You know, we've had a mass shooting now, 12 people. That means something different has got to change. You know, and I'm suggesting something very simple, little simple changes such as um, blocking off the street so that even motorcycles, all vehicles cannot park on 6th Street, including motorcycles. Uh, also, you need to block it off like we do for the, what is it, ACL, Austin City Limits? No, it's not ACL. What is the one we have at Zoka Park? What is it? AC okay, ACL. So just like we do at ACL uh, down at Zoka Park, you're going to block it all off, block that 6th Street area off, that party district, and then, you know, take people, follow them through a security checkpoint. Unfortunately, that's what you're going to have to do. Um, and then also the bars, they need to, you know, you need to check people as they're coming inside. You can't, you know, take a look at this video here. You can't be like, you know, you, you got to take security serious. You can't be that person that's, you know, and, and this, you know, doesn't have any sound. So let's, you know, we're not going to do it with any sound at all. But you can't do your security like this guy right here. Uh, you know, last basically, you know, checking people. You got to take it very serious. You got to warn people, make them go to a metal detector and make sure that no one's carrying guns or knives into your establishment because we want people to have a great time. Uh, someone starts trouble. You got to kick them out immediately, contact the police and get rid of them. So that way we can all continue to have a great time. You know, that's what it's that's what it's all about. Uh, we want to enjoy ourselves while we're downtown Austin in, or in Rainy Street or, or other places around the city. You got to take security serious if we're going to make a difference. Uh, but we'll get back to that a little later. I'm talking with Dave. He's the CEO of Salzer Shop. We're talking about how the Salzer Shop, man, is a force to be reckoned with because the Salzer Shop, you know, I, that's the place I know everyone gets their, their, their suppressors and Salzers from. You know, when it comes to processing, you know, all your NFA paperwork, it goes through the silencer shop. I don't know anyone else that we deal with, you know, and they are definitely a force to be reckoned with. So, Dave, uh, you're telling us about the process of acquiring a silencer. You're talking, uh, but I have a question for you. You know, what are the, some of the benefits of silencers beyond hearing protection? You know, they, there are a lot, actually. I think it's uh, hearing protection is the first one people think of, although in a lot of cases, I'll still wear hearing protection with a silencer. So it's it's not the end-all, be-all in hearing protection, but it's there's less recoil, you get more velocity, better accuracy in a lot of cases. Um, it really, there, there are a lot of, it just makes shooting more enjoyable. And then <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. I need to make all my, my rental guns. I need to add uh, silencers to all the, the rental guns there. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so give us a little history of suppressors and, you know, who invented it, you know, who's the guy that invented suppressors, you know, how they come about, how do we get to this point? You know, the suppressors were invented, you know, probably about 120 years ago now. Um, they were they were originally marketed as a silencer, and the legal term silencer came from that original marketing in the 1930s, just through a almost an accident of history. They wound up being regulated under the National Firearms Act. That's why there's a $200 tax and, and registration on them now. But it's a, like I said, it was almost an accident of history. They, they weren't actually intended to be in there originally. But there's, you know, then over the course of, you know, the next 80 years, because of the way they were regulated, once again, $200 tax, you had to register it, there's a long wait, almost nobody had them. And when nobody has them, we start getting our information about them off TV. So everybody sees James Bond or, or whatever assassin movie, and they start thinking that's what a silencer is, and that's just not reality, right? 
I think we're in a world now where inflation has brought the tax stamp into a realm of affordability for a lot of people. 200 bucks is a lot, but it's not prohibitive for most people. So people are starting to understand what they are. The market's starting to grow. And I hope we can kind of counteract this, you know, assassin's tool mentality because they really are. They're just a safety device. Is it true that it was invented by the same guy that did the car muffler? Yeah, that's right. So, and, and, and I tell you, this is my understanding of it, is that he invented the gun silencer first and then basically applied that same concept to the car just by essentially welding it onto his exhaust. <laughs> but that company's still in business, Maxim Silencers, and they, uh, they still make car mufflers. Oh, wow. All right. So what's the legality of silencers across the nation? You know, almost everywhere you can own, hunt, whatever. I mean, you can use them for really whatever. There are a few states that you would, they're the ones you would expect. It's like California, New York, New Jersey, those types of states, you can't own them, but most everywhere else you can. Mm, okay. All right. And then um, what, what's the process of, if a person has a, a, a silencer or suppressor currently right now, and they have a tax stamp for it, and they want to sell it to another person, you know, to another private citizen, kind of what's the process of them, you know, going through that? You know, the process is pretty much identical to how you would buy from a dealer. There are a couple of minor differences. So essentially, you would have, you know, the, the person buys the silencer from you, you fill out a Form 4, you submit it to the ATF. It's just a person-to-person, -person, but it's still on a Form 4. There's a $200 tax, and you hold on to it until that Form 4 comes back approved to you. The main difference is if you're transferring from person to person, you can sell to somebody as young as 18. If you're buying from a dealer, dealers can only sell to people that are 21. So that's really the only real, the only real difference. And on the Form 4, where you have the transfer ORs, you know, federal firearms license number, obviously a person to person doesn't have that, so you just leave it blank. Okay. And then what's the, the myth about silencers? You know, it's, are they really silent? No, not not even, you know, they're, they're on some of the very, very low pressure rounds, like a 22, you can get pretty close to silent, but you, you look on an AR-15, a top of the line silencer on an AR-15 is about as loud as a jackhammer on concrete. I actually, when I'm, when I'm out hunting or shooting with an AR-15, because that's most of my hunting is actually with a 6.8 in an AR, I'll still wear earplug in my right ear just because of the you know, the sound escaping through the, through the uh, ejection port. Okay. Uh, and let's go, go back into a little more of how they become, you know, pretty much illegal or how they become part of the NFA process, the National Firearms Act. Yeah. So going back to the 1930s, that the, the NFA, National Firearms Act, was originally intended to regulate handguns, right? So the, basically it was supposed to be machine guns and handguns, and Supreme Court got involved and handguns were in common use. So that that was kind of struck down and they came back again. That's where we get all this nonsense about short barrel rifles. Somehow a 16 inch rifle is the magic number that makes it not not dangerous or shotguns 18 inches. It's a but then they wound up throwing silencers on there almost as an afterthought because somebody had the idea that they were going to prevent poaching. Mm. So it was a. a it you know it was originally intended to be a machine gun handgun bill and wound up being kind of a weird conglomerate and silencers just got tacked on at the very end. Right now, 
is it is it good to have a you know should a person get a get a trust when getting one of the silencers or suppressors or should they do it as an individual you know kind of you know, got us through that a little bit making that decision you know personally for almost everybody i think a single shot trust is the best way to buy a silencer why do you, it's, say you don't have to worry about well you don't have to worry about a bunch of responsible persons forms um, you know, so there's, there's less paperwork. You get approved at the speed of an individual, which typically individuals or single person trusts will be processed faster than multi-person trusts. But then when it gets approved, you can write the rest of your family members onto it. And since every silencer gets its own trust with a single shot, you know, you could actually have different people who can have possession of each one, right? It's, it's a very, very flexible way to own suppressors is the single shot trust. And it's super inexpensive too. I mean, it's like almost free compared to setting up a regular gun trust. Now, what happens if um, I have a single shot trust and let's say I die or I get arrested? What happens to my my suppressor, my silencer? Yeah, it, it's the same as a regular trust. You can write on beneficiaries and okay. and other trustees, so it basically gets handled the same as as if it were a regular family trust. Got it. Okay. All right, got a couple of questions for you. And by the way, our call in number is 512 643 5483. That's 512 643 5483. So definitely give us a call and let's ask Dave some questions. I got a couple of questions online here. Uh, Thomas says Can someone who is a Texas resident living abroad still buy a silencer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we'll sell to. People from Texas who are stationed overseas will buy silencers all the time. The one thing to keep in mind is you or somebody on your trust needs to be in Texas to pick it up, right? So, you know, if you want somebody to pick it up and you're still going to be overseas, you re you need to have it on a trust and somebody else on the trust needs to be here. All right, we're talking with Dave. He's the CEO and founder of Silencer Shop. They're the largest distributor of silencers in the country. That's right, Silencer Shop. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Dave. He's the CEO and founder of Silencer Shop. And Silencer Shop is the largest distributor of silencers in the country. And I want to talk a little, uh, Dave, about House Bill 957. Um, but before we do that, before we talk about House Bill 957 in the Texas legislature, uh, there's been an update on the Austin mass shooting from the mayor. Yeah, Mayor Adler just released a statement this afternoon at 1241. And he said, there is now one suspect in custody in Friday night's shooting on 6th Street. <laughs> Thanks to the first responders for their quick work that saved lives. One suspect remains at large. Anyone with information should call 911 or 512-472-TIPS. My thoughts are with the many injured, some critically, who now must heal the physical and mental wounds that come from being shot at randoms while living their lives. They have a long journey ahead of them as a result of mere moments of senseless violence. Crowds returned to 6th Street last night because Austin is a safe city. Austinites will go about their plans today because Austin is a safe city. Some will rattle cages about increasing violence locally. But Austin remains one of the safest cities in the state and country. All right. I know there's some people have some questions, uh, statements about that. So we'll talk about that a little later. Um, and I want to get back to House Bill 957. And, and just so you know, Texas House Bill 957, the bill removes firearm suppressors from the list of prohibited weapons in the Texas Penal Code. And the bill also makes a firearm suppressor that is manufactured and remains in Texas, not subject to federal law or federal regulation. The bill also prescribes procedures for various forms of relief. So I want to talk about talk about that with Dave. So, Dave, you know, tell me kind of what your thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of have two thought, I guess, two thought paths. You know, the first is I think it's awesome. I think there's a there are several other states that have done similar things. And I think the reality is silencers should not be regulated the same way that, you know, machine guns are. But once again, they, they are a safety device, right? They're, they're not much more than that. On the flip side, it makes me a little bit nervous because this this really does need to go through the courts before it's, you know, before we can actually count on it. You know, in Kansas, there was a similar law and some people wound up going to federal prison because they kind of jumped the gun and, you know, started acting on the law before it did get through the courts. I'm hopeful, but I, I suspect we've got years ahead of us before this actually is, you know, makes any meaningful difference in Texas. Yeah, because I guess what's going to have to happen is someone's going to have to step forward and be the test case. Isn't that I know. Do you want to be the test case? <laughs> no, sir, I do not. <laughs> because, I mean, that person will have to get, you know, you're looking at charged with a felony, and you're looking at, That's I right. guess, the the state of Texas, the AG would have to, you know, hopefully represent you or help to represent you, you know, against the federal government in that case. Yeah, it's like you're basically betting everything, you know, 10 years in prison and a, you know, however much of a fine, you know, 
to kind of serve the greater good. I'm not sure how long it's going to take for this to actually get to go to court, but I, I personally wouldn't risk it at all until it does. Right. And once again, it could be years. Yeah. And this is probably going to be the ATF coming down on you. And yes. we know what happens to the people that the ATF come down on. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because, you know, you know, marijuana, you know, it's like that just flies under the radar. Nobody seems to care. But with guns, I think ATF's a whole different animal. Right. Yeah, it's just, you know, this, I'm, I'm just curious how that's going to work. Because you know, the way this bill is written, you know, it would have to be all the parts would have to be made, manufactured, can't cross state lines. Uh, and it has, it should, I guess it's supposed to be stamped with made in Texas. And then you're supposed right. to be able to have it. So, But someone's going to have to be the test case. Some company's going to have to step forward or some person going to have to step forward and say, okay, I've made this, I've designed this. And it's stamped Texas, and I'm not going to go through the NFA process and going to walk around with it. Yeah, and you start talking interstate commerce, and I tell you what, the courts almost always side on the case on the side. They almost always come down with the feds, right? You look at how many laws have been passed with interstate commerce as their backbone. It's like it's almost an unlimited power to the federal government in some cases. I it would make me nervous. I we'll see where it goes and I'm, I'm encouraging people to you know move with this with caution because you're talking a felony is what you're talking about yeah <laughs> personally i wouldn't do anything with it at all i wouldn't touch it until it gets through the courts but once again i think the concept of it is awesome i think i this is you should be able to buy a silencer like you buy a flashlight <laughs> is really how it should be you really you're, you're right you really should you know because i think you know if osha uh was you know was actually a Back then, when silencers came about, I think it would have changed it greatly. I think we would have been able uh, to have it a lot easier than you can do it now. Uh, I don't know why it's, yep. it's so difficult. We, we sometimes we make things so hard uh, when it's the the right thing to do. Yep. All right. So, uh, so Dave, uh, man, tell us, you know, where you guys working on silencer shop? Uh, anything new coming out of silencer shop? You know, we have got a lot of new stuff coming out this year. We're just we're she's just weeks away from launching a brand new customer portal we have a new dealer portal coming we basically you know in in 2016 we wrote so much code in one year now we're going back and revisiting it making it more streamlined more easy to use for customers for dealers it's it's going to be a big year we also have a new once this initial launch is done we, we have a new version of the kiosk we're working on especially the fingerprinting portion of it and the uh you know, and then we'll work on a new mobile app as well. Oh wow! By the end of this year, you'll see almost everything updated. Oh wow, that's awesome! Man, I, I'm I'm excited. You know, and I love uh, the kiosk. I think that was just like the best thing since since ice cream. You know, when you came out with the kiosk, yeah. it just makes it so easy, uh, just painless. People come in, they walk in, do their fingerprints, download the app, do their photo, select what you know what they're gonna do <laughs> do after that as far as a trust. And then, boom, sit back and wait for the documents to come. Documents come, DocuSign, you sign them, the dealer signs them, and boom, off it goes to the ATF. Just sit back and wait for your, your, your tax stamp to come back. It's, just, it's awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. I mean, for, and for most people, it's, it's just the process itself is super easy, right? It's, it's the wait that makes it feel hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I tell you what, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on and laying all this out for us. Uh, 
Uh, we're excited about the, some new stuff coming from Salisher Shop. Uh, we're always excited about new technology and the direction that you guys are going because, you know, you're the largest distributor of silencers in the country. And, you know, like I said, you walk into the lobby and you, you walk in, you think, oh, this is, you know, very small shop. But, man, silencer shop is huge, it's massive, you know, as far as silencers and suppressors in this country. Just a, a force to be reckoned with. So I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your busy day on Sunday to lay this out to us. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, that was Dave Matheny, Austin resident, CEO, and founder of Silencer Shop and board member of the American Suppressor Association. All right. So let's uh, get back into, man, this, this shooting happened downtown Austin. So now it's, what, 14? 14 people were injured? 14, yep. All right. So luckily no one, no, uh, no one has died. That's a great thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, and, and a great my, my hats off to the Austin Police Department and their quick response to this uh, going into a mass casualty event. Uh, that definitely proves that the training actually kicked in and worked, uh, that they were able to get in there, get the casualties, you know, get these these people to safety to a hospital because they couldn't control the crowds. I mean, I was looking at some of these videos and the crowd was just crazy there people were arguing with the police fighting with police and the police are busy trying to get people to the hospital and yet people arguing in you know with them it's crazy i just don't understand that did you see it i didn't see the no yeah, yeah it's just there are a lot of videos out there and you have people just fighting with the police and they're basically trying to move the crowd out of the way to get an ambulance in they're trying to move the crowd out of the way to you know to get these people to safety and people just in a way just drunk and just unruly it was just crazy insane scene and they were able to you know keep a composure and just focus on you know the people that were injured and get them out of there and get them to the hospital where it's you know whether it's in private vehicles whether it was in a police car uh, because we couldn't get the paramedics couldn't get there enough time couldn't get in and out fast enough uh, to get people back and forth to the hospital and so definitely my hats off to the austin police department because training actually kicked in and it actually worked uh, they did a great job on a mass casualty event I want to go back and talk about, you know, Austin and talk about our party district in 6th Street because, you know, even in the 1800s, you know, we said guns and bars don't mix and guns and alcohol don't mix. You know, we said this back in the 1800s. And so, you know, the Austin bar owners, and along with the Texas Restaurant Association, you know, I'm just curious, you know, when are they going to take uh, this security seriously on 6th Street? You know, they've got to step up to the plate and do something because you're looking at... Um, every single weekend, there's some type of incident. We've even had a shooting in a bar on 6th Street within the last few months, a shooting inside of a bar. So, you know, something's got to change. If you, you know that there's problems, we have shootings on the street, we have shootings inside bars on 6th Street, then you may want to actually start searching people or checking people, wanting them. They can do some type of security or something like that. You can't do like this guy here, uh, this video of this guy. You know, we, we can't act like that when it comes to security. Uh, that's not the way to do it. You know, that's we got to take it serious. And we I guess you're going to have to pay these security officers a little more money, you know, because it's, it's just not good. You know, just not good. What do you think? Yeah, they better wand me from my neck to my ankles. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> not even going to lie. <laughs> me too. 
Not going to lie. And, and it better work. Batteries better work. Better not be <laughs> wanding like that uh, guy frisking in that video. Oh, yeah. That's, take, I mean, take a look at this video. It's just crazy. Uh, this guy is just, you know, man, that's how you search people. That's how you check in everyone. That's not working. Yeah, for everybody listening on the radio, there's basically this old man. He's uh, the, the, the guy who's checking everyone at the gate, and he's basically just putting his hands just over the person's skin, just tracing over their arm, and then a little bit of their side. I don't even know if he's actually touching them. Well, he doesn't even bend over. He's not yeah. touching them, and he doesn't bend over he at all. He just kind of reaches as far he's... as his hands will move. It's like he's, he's using the force. Like, next. I can feel oh, you. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> just using the force. That's all, that's all he's doing. All right, so um, in uh, several videos, I saw individuals grabbing and putting weapons on motorcycles and saddlebags. So, you know, they got to... You, you're gonna have to block the streets off and make sure you know doing events like this, like the um, the rock rally, rot rally, you know that you make you 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 block the streets so that even motorcycles can't even park on Sixth Street. You know, have them park. We got to move the homeless away from the Sixth Street and I-35 that bridge. You know, and get let's get back to that being the city parking lot. What a concept! What it's supposed to be, and have the motorcycles park there. Have everyone. Go through some type of uh, like a security screening checkpoint to get into the party district. You know, unfortunately, that's what you're gonna have to do when you have a shooting every single weekend. You gotta do something. You can't allow this to happen. You know, unless you know, and I'm all for it. Hey, more guns. I say, hey, open it up. Don't do nothing unless everyone carry a gun because that's what's gonna happen on September the first, and we'll see how it is. What? Let's we'll see what happens then on September the first. Everyone gets to carry a gun unless you start doing something. You know to to make sure doing this party district while there's drinking and, you know, you know, temp tempers are flaring. It always happens around the 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning time frame. You know, always happens in that same time frame. So we got to do something different, you know, with your security. You can't just, you know, can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I've warned them about this and about this weekend, this, uh, this past weekend. Uh, and I, you know, they assured me that in, when I'm saying I warned them, I, I actually talked to owners of the bars. I talked to uh, the security people of the bars on 6th Street. I've talked to the um, the bar association, the restaurant association. We had a nice little conversation. You know, they assured me they knew what they were doing. And they knew what the law was and all the good kind of stuff. So here's what here's how you have it. And I've been having this argument with people on social media for the for the last month. We've been discussing this. On Twitter, we've been discussing this. On Facebook, we've been discussing this. And let me lay it out for you, because either some people are just stupid or just dumb. Here it is. COVID-19, when that happened in 2020, your bars, your restaurant, most of your businesses shut down. In order for a bar to open in 2020, the bars had to serve food and become a restaurant. When they did that, they changed their liquor license from a 51% to a Blue Sign Restaurant. We come back from the break. We're talking about that and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this mass shooting happening in Austin, Texas. Um, the Orlando nightclub shooting, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting, that happened on June 12, 2016. And so this happened the same, you know, here we are back again, June 12th. Uh, there was another shooting, but this time it was in Austin. And you would think, you know, coming up on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, I would think that people would, you know, say, you know what, let's tighten up our security a little bit and make sure you know, there's not a repeat, you know, something's happened, even though this was not related. You know, the Pulse, and let me make sure that's clear, that someone's going to come out and say something. The Pulse nightclub shooting had nothing to do, uh, that this was not related to what happened in Austin, Texas. I'm just saying that knowing that there was a shooting that took place on June 12th, and this is the anniversary of that mass shooting, you would think uh, as a bar, a club, you would take security a little more serious. Right. Now, let's uh, go into Facebook. Skip Davis says there is another way of looking at this, Michael. Uh, maybe they need to open 6th uh, Street up to traffic again. I mean, now the 6th is barricaded. It has become the hangout zone. People ain't going inside the club, so many are just loitering outside. So he's saying, hey, just open the traffic up. Let traffic flow and I guess that's another way of looking at it. Letting traffic flow down 6th Street. Don't barricade it. Don't shut it down. Make people follow the, the rules of the road. And then if you and then let the bars actually manage how many people they have inside by keeping a line outside to get into the bar. Uh, but then, Skip, the way I look at that, that's going to actually – that actually hurts law enforcement. If there's an incident across the street – and in order for law enforcement to get to that incident, you know, when something happens, it's going to make it difficult because there are cars in the way. And also, when uh, first responders or EMS to try to get into that area with cars in the way, it's going to make it even more, you know, impossible for your EMS to get there. So I don't think that's the I don't think that's it either. You know, so I don't know. What do you think, Zach? I wouldn't want to drive through that. <laughs> you wouldn't want to drive through that. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Not me. Yeah, I, I just it, and man, I, I tell you, I just I just don't know. I'm I'm just saying, hey, on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, you would think they would take these things a little more serious. Um, and then you know, like I, like I was saying before the break, I have warned them. I warned the owners. You know, I've, I've talked to you know the the managers of the bars. I've talked to the owners of the bars. I talked to the the restaurant association, and I said, hey, you know, we're coming up on you know the Rot Rally. You guys need to do something different this year you know, because. You know, as we get closer, people are making the mistake of thinking for some strange reason. They're thinking that permitless carry has passed and they can actually carry a gun, you know, without a license. And what I was saying before the previous break was I was breaking it down is I was telling you about how we got to this point where with COVID-19 in 2020, your bars had to close in order for them to open. They had to serve food by doing that, them serving food. They change your liquor license from a red 51% to a blue restaurant sign. So now when when they ch- and, and when they change from the 51%, the red sign, no guns, no knives, 
they actually changed it to the blue sign, the notice sign there that said, hey, your restaurant, now you can take any size knife inside and also you can take a handgun inside as long as you have a license. Well, starting September the 1st, I'm suspecting, I don't know this because TABC is saying, hey, you know, mom's the word, no comment. You know, I'm thinking that probably the blue sign, the notice sign is going to go away because starting September the 1st, you won't need a license nor to carry inside of a restaurant. You'll be to carry inside of a restaurant. The restaurant would have to post a 30.05 sign, you know, or tell you verbally that you can't carry inside if you don't have a license. If you have a license, they have to post a 30.06 uh, license holders cannot conceal carry handgun or a 30.07. License holders cannot open the carry handgun. So starting September 1st, that's going to happen. So you don't, you will not need a license to carry inside of a restaurant. Well, let's speed forward to where we are today. Okay, here we are today. Uh, permitless carry ha has not gone into effect yet. So currently right now, 90% of your bars that are on 6th Street still have the blue. They are blue. When you go to TABC's website, and you research all the different bars on the TABC's website, you pick any restaurant, the library, any restaurant, 512, any restaurant on 6th Street, pick one. I don't care. Throw a dice. And when you, you pick one of those restaurants, you search the database, and it comes up gun sign. If it says red, that means they're 51%. You can't take your gun inside, can't take a knife inside. If it says gun sign blue, that means with a license, you can take your handgun inside. You can also take any size knife inside. Okay? So that's where we are today. Starting September the 1st, you will be able to, and you're looking at this on the screen here. So starting, and we're walking through the process of going to the TBC's website, walk through the process of, you know, putting in, you know, that name of the, the bar, and then you do your search, put in the caption, and all that stuff, and it pulls up the bar. And you look at what their liquor license says. Gun sign, is it red or is it blue? If it's blue, then with a license currently right now, you can take your handgun inside and size knife. Starting September the 1st, guess what? You won't need a license nor to carry in there because they're considered a restaurant. What has happened is your bars on 6th Street people have not changed their license back to red 51%. So currently, right now, you can take your gun inside. On September the 1st, a person without a license will be to take your gun inside. Those Most of these licenses don't expire for a few years unless TABC shows up and forces them to change. What do you think about that? So if they have a red gun sign, a 51% sign, then you can take a knife in if it's under five and a half inches? Correct. So if they have the 51% sign, you can't take a knife um, that's over five and one half inches. The length of the blade cannot be over five and one half inches. Cannot take it. Cannot take it any fifty one percent establishment, which is gun sign red. So you can only take your your small knife in there. Yeah, just a little knife. Well, five and a half inches is pretty big. That is. That's actually that's pretty big. And then so and, and, I'm, I'm I'm telling people, you know, I've been saying this over and over again, and I don't know why it's so difficult for people to understand. You know, it's a money thing. Well, why why haven't the restaurant why haven't the bars actually gone back to the fifty one percent? Well, it's a money thing. You know, it's it's cheaper for them to you know to do the restaurant the blue sign that blue notice sign. That's actually a little cheaper. So that's why they haven't switched it back. And they've they're not serving they're not doing food anymore. Walk in one of those bars on Sixth Street. The li go into the library. Go into Five One Two. Go into just pick any bar. Go into the bar where the shooting, you know, outside, you know, that bar where the shooting took place outside. Go to that bar. 
They are blue, gun sign blue. You can take your gun inside there, and they're not serving any food at all. Yeah. So, you know, the bar owners and the managers have got to they got to wake up, and you got to do the right thing and make sure we we stop this because if you don't, this is gonna you're you're affecting my gun laws. You know, I'm afraid that you know so, something's gonna happen, and if we go into special sessions, which which it looks like we are, we're gonna have a special session. If there's some type of shooting during that special session. Uh, again, we're we're gonna have a problem. You're gonna affect my gun laws, and I don't want my gun laws affected. So I want to make sure that you're running this business, you're running a bar. You do the right thing. Let's do the right thing. Let's tighten up your security. It's up to you to make sure you know that we do this. Um, and anyone out there, you know, in in a social media land, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, give me something what we should do that's different because I'm looking at the stats right now. According to the FBI, um, you know, uh, we we're looking at record high. You know, in, in hate crimes, you know, have actually increased uh, during COVID. So we're looking at, you know, crime is actually slightly increasing a little bit. So we're, we have to do something differently. And it's definitely increasing in the city of Austin. You know, yes, Austin is a safe city compared to other cities. But this was not the Austin three years ago. Austin was not like this. We didn't have these shootings downtown. I don't, I don't remember worrying about having to take a gun when I go out to have a great time. I didn't worry about that four years ago. We didn't have this problem. We have it now. We need new city leadership. We need a different city council. We need different, a different mayor because we got to take security serious. We've got to do something different. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking about, you know, crime here in Austin, Texas. I hate, you know, hate focusing just on one city. I like to focus around the country and all around the world. But, you know, just last night, there were three overnight shootings in Austin in one day. After the 6th Street mass shooting, there were three more shootings. You know, So you had uh, shooting number one, the uh, East Austin shooting incident happened around 2.09 a.m. near Todd Lane, nearly the same location as a different shooting that happened just days earlier. While there are a few details on what led up to the incident, police report there was a large gathering before, and two female victims are said to be in critical but stable condition in the hospital. My goodness, I, man, my hat's off to the hospitals because you're dealing with a lot of shootings. You know, no one's think the 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 nurses, no one's think the doctors in the hospital because they're dealing with a lot right now. Just trauma, 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 trauma. Shooting number two. This incident happened around three. I'm sorry, two thirty nine a.m. on Sunday on Jollyville Road in North Austin. According to the police, one male suspect was taken to the hospital with a non lifing threatening gunshot wound. Yeah. Shooting number three. This North Austin incident. Uh, shooting incident was reported at 3.07 a.m. on Howard Lane. Police say a man was taken to a Round Rock hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. My goodness. It's like shooting number one. Ah, 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 ah. Shooting number two. Ah, ah, ah. Shooting number three. But an Austin mayor, he says this is a safe city. It's not safe. You need to. We're going to have to do something with um, our law enforcement. We got to. You know, we we got to give them the resource they need. We need to hire more police officers because here you're looking at, 
you know, let's look at the APD vacancies. Let's take a look at that. So, you know, here's the fact. Here are the receipts for those people that, you know, are, that are in Missouri to show me states. I need to give you some receipts. OK, APD vacancies since December of 2019. Since 2019, there are 251 vacancies from the Austin Police Department and no hires. OK, 251 that that's going to be your retirements. Majority of them are retirements. Majority of them are retirements. I can't say that enough. Resignations, terminations, and one death. 251. We've lost 251 police officers. And, and you're wondering why when you dial 911, uh, you're not getting you know, the services that you need. This is why. This is why uh, you couldn't, we couldn't get people to the hospital fast enough because we, we're defunding the police. Defunding. And I, I like for someone to give me a call and tell me we're not defunding the police because we are. We're defunding the police. When you're moving money from, from one agency, you're putting it someone else, you're defunding them. That's what it is. So I don't know what, how you want to spell that out for me. It's, we're defunding our police. This, this, this is, uh, it's crazy to me. Now, I'm a woman who was killed in a parent shooting in North Austin. So the Austin police are investigating the death of a woman in North Austin on Saturday afternoon. Man, here we go. This is, is this shooting number four? This is shooting number four. The fourth shooting since the mass shooting in downtown Austin. So police were called to the 1900 block of West Runberg Lane near Northgate Boulevard around 3 p.m. A 911 caller reported a woman being shot. When officers arrived, they located the victim with multiple gunshot wounds. They proceeded to offer first aid until medics arrived. The victim was later transported to a nearby hospital where she later died. Police say they don't believe there is an ongoing threat to the public. So shooting number four since the mass shooting in downtown Austin. Don't know what to tell you. Right? Um, we got to do something different. Uh, you you got to take your own personal safety in your own hands. That's for starters. Uh, you got to take a class. Learn, you know, learn safety. Learn situation awareness. Learn conflict resolution. Try to calm those certain situations down. We need to get to the point where you're not going to win every argument. You're not going to win every conversation. Sometimes you just need to back down, let things go, and go on about your day. You know, let's not let these situations escalate to the next level to where guns are brought out and, you know, tempers flare. Let's calm that situation down a little bit. How about we, you know, just let's live another day and just back down. You're not going to – you cannot make someone do what they don't want to do. But what we can do is we can control our own actions. I can only control myself. I can't control my neighbors. I can't control, you know, anything else. I can't control that vehicle that's driving down the road. I can only keep control of my vehicle. You know, I, I, even this person just cut me off in the road. I, I can't worry about that. I need to just main control of my vehicle, let him or her get on down the road. You cannot make someone do what they don't want to do, but you can control yourself. You can control your own, your own actions. Let's go to social media here. Let's see. What keeps the club owners from putting up a red sign even though their actual status is blue? Well, they're violating the TABC. You know, they're violating their, their liquor license. Liquor license says it's blue. You know, when I do a when I before I walk into a restaurant or or a bar, I pull up the TABC's website, Skip, and I see uh, what their status is, and I do a screenshot and I walk in. Boom, in I go. Because according to TABC, which is the authority, I can carry my gun there, you know, if it's a blue sign. Is it illegal to not allow any guns, blue or red, in my club? Well, 
All you got to do is, is very simple. If you don't want someone to take a gun inside, you can have, you know, I would, if I own a bar or a club, I would actually have my security person or door person actually wanding people, you know, up and down to make sure they don't bring a firearm inside. I would check them, you know. Uh, that's the way you do it. Even we, we do classes. In, we do the li- uh, either beginning handgun classes or license to carry handgun courses. In our classroom, we don't allow firearms inside the classroom. So we make people check them at the, you know, at the entrance. You leave your, your gun behind the gun counter and then go into the classroom. Why do I do this? Because I don't want someone playing with a gun while we're trying to conduct a safety course. I don't want a negligent uh, or accidental discharge of a firearm. You know, so you, you got to take you, you got to you know, at some point realize we need to worry about safety and worry about security and do the right thing. Uh, is it you said be an adult and walk away? I, I agree with you, Thomas. And that's that's the big problem. You know, we're driving down the road and, you know, people are, you know, and we know we've gone too far. Right. Zach, you know, at, at some point we've gone too far. Oh, I've never gone too far. You never gone too far. Never. never driving down the road and that person cuts you off. You're like, man, I'm going to make them pay. So we do, we do something to, to make them mad. You don't ever do that? Let's kind of hop on their tail a little bit, you know? See? But, yeah. and, <laughs> see and we can't do that. You got to back off. and like, oh, I want to do this so bad. You know, that's like, no, I, I got somewhere to go. I don't have time to play games with this person. You know, I'm just going to back off, let them get on to where they're going. I'm going to exit off and, and go a different direction or take the service road or something like that. Let them get on down the road. That's what I do. You know, just you know, know what it is. It's not even worth the energy. It's not, it's not worth that negative energy in my body. Uh, because I'm trying to get to point A or point B, and I want to, you know, have the the energy to do what I need to get done. I don't want them to suck the energy and that life from me. And, you know, then when I have that negative energy, I'm going to you know throw that negative energy on someone else and put someone else in a bad mood. So instead of doing that, you know, that's that's why I like to smile a lot. I like to, you know, greet everyone, talk to everyone. You know, I walk into a, a, a room. Hey, hey, how's everyone doing? And I, I learned that from my grandmother. You know that? My grandmother... You know, when she took uh, public transportation, she would get on the city bus and she would say, good morning, everybody. God loves you. I do, too. <laughs> you know, she would greet everyone going in, just smiling at everyone. I, I learned that from my grandmother. And that's kind of what I do. And then I think if we learn how to do that, we push some of that that positive energy out there. You know, it'd be a better society. Um, you know, just don't take everything so serious. Someone bumps you in a club. You know, you're out, you know, later on tonight. And someone bumps you, say, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, to bump into you, even though it was probably maybe it was their fault." But you, you know, there's no wrong. There's there's nothing wrong with apologizing. And say, "Hey, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't I, I didn't mean to bump into you." Uh, and, and and get on down the road. Some, there there are times, and I've done something. I say, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna buy you a drink." You know, uh, you know, because maybe I did something wrong, or, or there was some negative, uh, some bad blood, or something like that, and try to clear that air a little bit. You know, we got to go out our way to be nice to people, not go out our way to be nasty. What do you think, Zach? That's a good uh, good way to be right there. You know, <laughs> avoid conflict when you can, right? That's right. And you know what? That's some of the things that we talk about in the handgun license course, but some people don't know that because they don't come to class. <laughs> That's right. Don't know because they don't come to class. All right. All right. So um, I want to get in a little bit into the uh, the FBI report here uh, on some of this, some of the stats here. The number of hate crimes targeting uh, black people has dipped slightly from ni- from 1,943 in 2018 to 1,930 last year. Other groups, most notable Jews and Latinos, saw a rise in offenses. There were 953 reports of anti-Jewish hate crimes and 14% increase over the previous year. The anti-Hispanic category saw a jump from 485 to 527 in the same period. Academics and civil rights groups considered the FBI's yearly report 
an important gauge for hate crime levels in any given year, but emphasized that it's in an undercount because of the problem with how incidents are reported and characterized. The, F the FBI's definition of hate crimes include those motivated by bias toward a person's race, religion, or sexual orientation. So, you know, and some of those, you know, our, our hate crimes actually increase, and I think we need to go our way to be nice to people. You know, really do. Um, and I think that will make things a little better. We come back. I want to close out by talking about, you know, once again, some of the things that we can do to make some changes to downtown Austin so we can have a better downtown. We, can, we need to get back to the way Austin used to be. We need to get back to, you know, we need to deal with the homeless situation that we have. We need to get back to um, having more officers on the road compared to how many citizens we have in this city. We need to make sure that 911 calls are actually answered. Uh, they're able to respond to those 911 calls. Make sure we're calling, uh, we're calling the police for things that, you know, that we actually need the police so that they're available. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we've got some breaking news um, coming from the statesman in Kview. Uh, one of the victims crit critically injured in the 6th Street shooting has died. Uh, multiple officials confirm that this man was vacationing in Austin from New York. So now we have uh, 14 injured and one dead. Four, uh, well, I guess it, it can't go back to thir so yeah, 13 injured and one, and, and one dead, one fatality. All right, so 13 injured and one dead. All right, so the Austin mass shooting on June 12th, which was the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, was not a, it was not a gun-free zone. So I don't want people to go out there and say, hey, this was a gun-free zone, because this happened on the streets of Austin. You can carry a gun there with a license. Um, and then also, even inside the... Uh, the where the 911 call came from that actually that bar actually their liquor license is a restaurant so legally with a, with a license you can carry inside that bar um, and even in the 1800s we said guns and bars don't mix and guns and alcohol don't mix so even though I I'm telling you that you know because of TBC and the way the law is because uh, of COVID 19 those restrictions you may be able to take your gun inside that establishment but you cannot be intoxicated. You know, you can't be intoxicated. As a license holder carrying a handgun, you just you cannot be intoxicated. Zero is the limit. So just always be aware of that. And, I, and my question is for the Austin bar owners, you know, along with the Texas Restaurant Association, you know, are we going to take security seriously uh, or serious on 6th Street? Uh, for starters, Dirty Six should be blocked off to all traffic. That includes motorcycles. There should be a screening process to get inside the, the area. All bars should search in either wand or have everyone go through a metal detector before entering the premises. In several videos, I saw individuals grabbing or putting weapons on motorcycles and saddlebags. Um, and so this, this caused a problem. By removing the, that ability to park on 6th Street with a motorcycle, you eliminate that. Now, because of COVID-19, uh, the bars on Dirty Six changed their liquor license from a bar to a restaurant. Still today, they have not switched back to a bar license. 
So starting September the 1st, when permitless carry goes into effect, handguns will be allowed in all the bars because their liquor license is a restaurant and not a bar. I warned them about this and about this past this weekend, and they assured me that they would do things differently. Still, instead, we have unprepared, untrained door personnel doing the job of security officers. I'm the owner of a gun store where criminals tried to break into uh, our, my business on two occasions. And because of our security, we were able to stop them. No other gun store in Texas can actually say that. When we are conducting gun classes, I do not allow firearms inside the classroom to eliminate an, an accidental, negligent, or intentional discharge of firearms. We only handle firearms at the range. Almost every weekend in Austin, there's a shooting on Dirty Six. Our city leadership has removed funds from law enforcement. As of a result, we have less police and no crowd control to handle, you know, any emergency that could take place. Literally, the crazies are running the nuthouse. Literally. Because of the news headlines, people think that permitless carry is legal now. Well, it's not. And it doesn't go into effect until September the 1st of 2021. I encourage you to take a class and learn what the laws are. You know, let's talk about some conflict resolution. Let's talk about de-escalation of certain situations. Let's talk about where you can, where you cannot carry. Let's talk about use of force and deadly force. Do you know that when it comes to use of force and deadly force, there's only certain situations you can actually use a gun? Do you know that when it comes to deadly force, you can only use a, a firearm if a person is committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, if a person is entering or removing you from your home, your vehicle, your place of business unlawfully, that's the only situation you would be able to use a firearm. If, it's, if they're not entering your home, your vehicle, your place of business unlawfully, if they're not committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, then don't ever pull the gun out. And when you do, that is a $20,000 bullet. You think that when you walk into the gun store, you think ammunition is expensive? Ammunition is not expensive when you walk to the gun store. Don't complain about the price of the ammo. Because if you pull that gun out and you use it, that is a $20,000 bullet. Because you're going to go to jail. You're going to be fingerprinted, booked, spend night in jail, have to bail yourself out of jail, have to hire an attorney, and it's going to cost you twenty grand to get to the grand jury phase. So make sure that if you ever pull a gun out and use it, you make sure that it's aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. A person is entering or moving you from your home, your vehicle, your place of business or employment. If it's not one of those, then don't ever pull a gun out. I suggest you take a class, go over different shooting scenarios. Because I, I love reading through social media uh, when people talk about these different shootings and listening to people get upset about a particular shooting where it's a police-involved shooting or whatever it is, and they all get it wrong because people don't understand what the law is, specifically in the state where they live. You don't know use of force and deadly force. No one's taught you that. You've never gone to a class and learned anything. You regurgitate things that you have no knowledge of. People just ignorant to what the laws are. you got to take a class and learn what you can and cannot do. Where can you take the handgun? Where can you not have a handgun? Do you know that when it comes to lone guns, rifles, and shotguns, do you know it goes all back to 1870s where we can walk down the street and carry a lone gun, a rifle, a shotgun? 
Do you know that I get people that say, well, you, you know, that think that you can't have a lone gun in a vehicle? They think that you can't have it in a rifle rack anymore because they don't see it? That's their, that's their mindset because just because they don't see it, they think that you can't do it. Well, you can do it. You can actually have a lone gun, a rifle, and a rifle rack fully loaded in your vehicle. You can walk down Congress Avenue if you want to and openly carry a loaded rifle or shotgun. Do you know the majority of businesses, you can walk into majority of businesses with a long gun. In order to prohibit you from carrying a long gun, uh, one, it, if it's in 46.03 of the Texas Penal Code, no firearms allowed in any of those places there. You can't take one into a bar or restaurant. But what you can do, any other regular business, you can take a long gun you know, into that business. They would have to either post a simple sign that says no firearms allowed or you know, tell you verbally. When it comes to these bars, restaurants that we're talking about on 6th Street, if you want to make sure that you're being safe and you make sure that you don't, you know, we're not going to have firearms inside the bar, just have your door guy stand there, one people, check them, give them verbal notice, inform them that guns are not allowed inside the bar, or post a 30.06 or 30.07 sign. Come September 1st, post a 30.05 sign, and then, you know, we'll make sure that we're probably a little safer downtown Austin and calm these situations down a little bit. Got to kick people out when they're starting to be troubled. You got to nip it in the bud from the beginning. Got to use use a little signal, use a little code word. Uh, if you notice that a person's getting a little loud, getting a little out of hand, you might want to contact police, get them over to the front door, and then identify that person, pull them out, bam, get them to the front door. Before they know it, they're out on the street. They're out. They're gone. And you've eliminated the situation before it even started up. You got to nip it in the bud from the beginning. You can't wait until it gets out of control or out of hand. Got to use your head. Got to look at these situations. Um, literally, I can't say it enough. The crazies are running the asylum here. They're running the nut house. Uh, we we got to do something about our city council. We, we got to do something about the mayor. Uh, we've got to do something about where this city is going. Because if we don't, in another two years, another year, you know, we're going to look at the, you know, our numbers are going to double. They're going to double from where they are today. So we got to do something different. We got to do it will be a little better at it. What do you think, uh, Zach? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt to be better, right? Be best. Be best. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Be best. Who said that? Be best. Who used to say that? <laughs> the former first lady. Be best. <laughs> be best. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Well, I mean, we've got some great leadership in city council and then the mayor. So I trust them to just steer our city in the right direction. You do? <laughs> oh, I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening right now? Psych. Am I being punked? <laughs> uh, everybody's got to take It was take a lapse personal. in judgment. Everybody's got to be responsible for themselves, it seems like. You know, it's uh, so much of a free-for-all. It, yeah, it, re it really is. It, it just, yeah. Madness. Mm -hmm. All right, man. We oh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Virginia Tech linebacker um, who accused a, a fatal beating of a man. Got to talk about that. Oh, the Tinder date catfish. What, right? what, tell me about that real quick. Yeah, so this 18-year-old Virginia Tech linebacker. It was Virginia Tech, right? Uh-huh. Virginia yeah. Tech. So uh, he meets this hot girl on Tinder. Okay. Uh, they're talking online, and then he goes to meet her, and it turns out it's this 45-year-old man or something <gasps> like that. And oh. he was not happy about that. Oh, my and, goodness. And, uh, yeah, he basically beat this guy to death oh. with his fists. Oh, wow. He broke most of the bones in the guy's face, knocked most of his teeth out, 
And he said as he left, he could hear this guy choking on his own blood. And he left, and he didn't even say anything to the police. He didn't report it. He just left. And then the guy was found dead a day or two later. Oh man, and there's a there's a, a we'll t- we got to talk about that again because there's a law that where you know if you're in a situation like that something happens that can be justified. What if you look? Huh? We'll talk about Just that. Walk next, away at the next show. Walk As away. always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening. Come and talk it with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.